Before we kick off this episode, I want to thank those listeners out there who have joined our Patreon because without you, this show would not be possible. If you're not familiar with our Patreon account, you can join for as little as $5 a month and get all kinds of extra information that is not available on the free podcast. We share account screenshots, trade alerts, and so much more. In fact, there's bonus episodes in there as well. When you head to investlikeaboss.com, click become a Patreon and sign up. Coming up, we have the next quarterly episode update where Sam and Johnny go in detail with video that is only accessible on our Patreon. And our next mastermind call is scheduled inside there. You can get all the information for that when you head to our Patreon account. One more time, it's investlikeaboss.com. Click become a Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You can help support the show so we can make more episodes and get all this extra content. In fact, over three years worth of posts will be instantly accessible when you join. So head over to investlikeaboss.com, click become a Patreon, and thank you for your support. All right, let's kick off this episode of Invest Like a Boss. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. I'm Derek Sparts. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Hey bosses, this is Johnny and welcome to another episode of Invest Like a Boss. I am in studio from across the country with Derek Sparts, virtually. You look good, Johnny. I'm like a hot mess this morning. I cannot do early morning recordings. <laughs> First off, I was late and then I come in and my office, I haven't been here in a few days and there was like the door was messed up. Like I couldn't even get in my office. And then when I finally got in now, I'm like, it's a mess. <laughs> My life is disorganized mess right now. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm completely cool. I had some sushi with some friends. We played a game of Risk. Have you played this board game? It's probably my favorite. I think you're playing the game of Risk in life right now in Kiev. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But when it's quiet, it's quiet. And it's a good life. Yeah, I haven't played that game in a long time, though. Doesn't it Doesn't it take like all day, kind of like Monopoly, though? Yeah, it takes. I mean, it takes a few hours. I think the reason why Monopoly and Risk take so long is because people are too nice. And then they don't go for the kill. You got to go for the the throat so you can't you know you can't just sit back too much so we played and we finished in about two hours oh that's not too bad all right well anyways we're gonna talk about something that hasn't been brought up on this episode but or on this show but i feel like it should have been i mean we're over 250 episodes in we talk about travel just as much as we talk about investing i've been traveling a lot again lately i went uh i went to hawaii i just went to northern california it was super cool but doing this has never crossed my mind because i've always heard bad things. We're going to talk about timeshares. Mm, the best investment ever, guys. I cannot <laughs> believe we haven't recommended this in 250 episodes. Timeshare, it's also called fractional vacation ownership or fractional vacation clubs. or like There's all these different names. And a lot of high-end hotels that you may have heard of, whether it's Disney Resorts or the Hilton or the Hyatt or whatever it is, they also have their vacation clubs. And it sounds very enticing, especially with the free perks that you get for even going to a, a presentation. I'm going to pull that clip out where you said it's the best investment ever and post it online just so we can cause a little controversy. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's the problem when people will just read a headline and they don't listen to the whole episode. So <laughs> make sure you listen to this. 
I was looking at this and I was like, how do these things work? Like, I I know I have zero interest in buying one, but I'm just curious uh, what their tricks are to get people to sign up and how the program actually works. And then I also saw that, you know, he comes up on the show quite a bit. Dave Ramsey has been touting mm-hmm. this timeshare exit company for, for many, many, many years. And when I listen to his podcast, I, I've actually heard him do commercials for this company and then come to find out he's getting sued now for like $250 million because a lot of these people that went to exit their scammy timeshare also in turn got mm-hmm. scammed again to try to get out of these. Yeah, it's a very tricky business. Uh, and the thing is, even though you may not personally have had any interest in buying it, I will guarantee you that 99% of the people who ended up buying one didn't have any interest in buying one. They just kind of uh, bought it out of um, what's, what's the word? You know, like when you're at the at the grocery store and there's a little candy bar or magazine, you know, impulse, at the like an counter. impulse buy. Yeah. yeah. That's normally what it is. And that's kind of how they get you. I've been through a couple timeshare presentations and they've always been, hey, do you want free show tickets in Vegas, free buffet? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, you just have to sit through this for an hour. And you're like, ah, okay, yeah, why not? <laughs> and while you're there, you're, you kind of get, you know, start thinking, oh yeah, it would be nice to have, you know, a one week a year where I'm always in Hawaii or something. And you start dreaming about the vacations and people end up buying it. So in the US alone, I think something like $8 billion where the timeshares are bought per year. And with the average timeshare being just around 20 grand, this means millions of people are buying it actively every year. So if you know someone who may you know, end up buying one of these or has thought about it or is a type to kind of a you know, pull the trigger and buy that candy bar, you know, at the checkout for this episode episode to them because it could help. Maybe that's why I've avoided them because I'm the person that's like, absolutely not. I'm not going to buy the candy bar. But I do see those people in line while you're waiting. They're just browsing, checking things, grabbing things, throwing it in the cart. It's the same type of thing. And yeah. I asked you about this. I was like, hey, have you guys seen this uh, this lawsuit against the Timeshare Exit Company? And to my surprise, just when I think I know Johnny... He goes, I got a little experience actually selling these. Yeah. (laughs) I got to hear that story, Johnny. So it was out of college. I was in between jobs and I met some guy in the elevator and was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm working for this company. It's great. You know, it's uh, in travel, you know, I'm making, you know, tons of money, making like five grand a month, 10 grand a month, you know, whatever, whatever it was. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm broke and I need a job. Yeah, I'll go check it out. And I show up there and the very first day they're like, all right, here's your little book of uh, photos of places because back then there was no iPads or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, all right, this is how you sell it. Like just, just you know, a shadow a shadow one of these people for a day and then straight away tomorrow, start giving the presentation. I think I lasted maybe a week or two. I never sold any and I, I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, this, this seems too scammy. So let's start from the top. Let's break it down. Like how they get people initially into these live seminars. Cause I'm assuming the bulk of these sales happen live and in person. I mean, if you go to their website, Website of a lot of these. I went to like Westgate, um, Hilton, a lot of the bigger American ones. I can't, I can't really speak too much out, outside the U.S. Um, all the research I did was pretty much the U.S. ones that I've heard of. But you go to their website. There's no numbers on the website. They they don't talk any numbers. They just tell you, you know, the great experiences you're gonna have. And if you want to learn more, there's a phone number, but there's n- like it's obviously on purpose on the website not to put anything specifically number wise. And also the sites I notice are built to just kind of confuse you and put you in circles. Kind of like, well, I guess you you would know, Johnny, when you book like a cheap airline, they just keep like 
putting you to a next page, a next page. Do you want a car? Do you want a hotel? Do you want to add this? Do you want to do this? And then you never really get anywhere or they hide buttons. That's the kind of the same logic I found on these websites is they'll just run you in circles. And when you try to find like actual hard information about how much things will cost, they never give you an answer. Yeah, because I think if you you know go to check out and you see it costs twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. You're not gonna buy it. There's like zero zero chance you're gonna buy this. But if you're there in person and they start building you up in over an hour and you start dreaming about it, you start looking at photos, you start thinking like, oh, you know it, and they start kind of doing their back of the envelope math. You know, saying, oh yeah, you know, when, you know, over over your lifetime, you could pass it down to your kids. You know, it really, right. you know, only ends up costing you you know a few hundred bucks a month, and you guarantee have a vacation. They, they could spin it in ways to make it sound appealing. But to go back to your first question, there's two major ways that people kind of get into these sales pitches because you're right. The, uh, I Basically, 100% of these are sold in person using kind of high pressure sales tactics. Mm-hmm. The first way is, you know, you see an ad somewhere and they say, hey, come on a free trip. You got a free vacation somewhere. They ne- I don't think they ever come with uh, airfare because that ends up costing them money. No, but- it's usually just the room stay or it's deep, deep discount. Yeah. Yeah. And you go there and kind of the, it's kind of like you're on a three day promo tour where they're just showing you around. I think, uh, I, I don't know anyone personally who's actually been on one of these. I've been tempted to go because it sounds like, you know, hey, this would be cool to have a free vacation. And the schedule doesn't look too bad. It looks like, you know, you check in, you know, then you get like, you know, an hour kind of meet and greet. Then you get a, you know, go explore for a few hours, but then the next day you have like a one hour presentation or something. And then a one hour kind of a tour where they show you something. And you're like, oh, that's only two hours out of my vacation. Like, that's fine. But what you guys don't realize, it ends up being way more than that. Yeah. And there's nothing you could do about it. And while you were there, that kind of the whole time is a, a sales presentation from what I've heard. Have, have you seen those ads? Have you ever been tempted to go on one of those? Yeah, I almost like I go to Vegas a lot and there's a ton of timeshares in Vegas. So I'm like when I and I know the prices of the hotels there. And when I see something where it's like four nights, you know, seventy nine dollars, I'm like, hold on. And it's on this trip and it looks really nice. I'm like, something's up here. So you see that and then like, oh, just attend this 90 minute presentation. But you're right. It's never just 90 minutes. There's like certain expectations. What I don't know, I'm not sure if you do, Johnny. What's the penalty if you just say, I'm not going to that presentation, but I'll still stay at the hotel? I, do they just charge you market rate then? Yeah, something like that. So it's probably it's probably going to be way more expensive than if you just booked it on your own before going. So yeah, I don't recommend going on one of these free vacations and then not staying for the presentation because you're going to end up getting screwed that way. Yeah. And the other thing I've, I've seen too is from these meetings, if you go and everyone's like, I'm adamant, I'm not buying anything. And then, you know, a lot of times people do, but still, if you don't, They've been like, well, we still never even got our free gift because they're like, well, you you didn't buy anything, even though they tell you you don't have to buy anything to get your your free show tickets or whatever it may be. A lot of times they'll they'll rescind on that promise at the end of the meeting if you don't buy anything. I would imagine people would complain a lot if if they didn't get it. So from my experience, uh, both the place I briefly worked, but also from me sitting through a presentation, you 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 do end up getting whatever they promise you at the end, but you have to sit through the entire 90 minutes. And if you try to get out early or something, if you try to like be on your phone, they're like, nope. We're, we're pausing the timer because you're on your phone or something. Yeah, I noticed too that there's no phones allowed, which should be a red flag already too. If you can't record what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, I could tell you a couple of the uh, shady tricks that they do. Uh, one is... If you ever notice when you're sitting in the timeshare presentation kind of room, it's one big empty room uh, with a bunch of you know uh, chairs and tables. But you'll notice that all the 
guests or all the people sitting through the presentation, they're all facing the same direction. And they, if you're there with your wife or your girlfriend or who, you know, whoever you're with, they have the seats arranged so you can't even look at each other. So you're kind of only looking forward at the <laughs> at, at the presenter and that's a, a, a like a secret they taught us i think the chairs are even like locked together so you couldn't even move them and that way you can't look at each other and give each other you know these funny looks like oh, what the hell are they talking about or you, like you're really just in their zone interesting yeah i saw some shady tactics that um some people had snuck like cameras into like their hype meetings and, like pitch meetings on youtube i should actually leave a link to that um one was like you're as important as you know military and police people they save lives every day every year and you know what if people that don't take vacations they die a lot quicker so you you are saving lives remember that every day <laughs> yeah like <laughs> you know what if anything sitting through it does teach some sales skills so you know i guess that, that it wasn't the, the worst three weeks of my life but at the same time i, I definitely wanted to do again and i'm glad i never sold anyone one as we talk about later i don't think they're a very good investment what was the what was the curious what was the pay structure was it all commission based yeah uh i think they they paid a very very low base salary and then it was commission based got yeah should we talk about the the types of timeshares because i've noticed as these have evolved i think a lot of people think that a timeshare is one fraction of one unit you have to stay at that exact unit every single year a fixed timeshare but they've actually evolved i don't know if this is new but it seems like they've made it a lot more complicated obviously from a business standpoint these giant companies like Hilton have found ways to kind of extra screw you. <laughs> yeah. So I think in the beginning, a timeshare was always you get one week at the same place every year. And kind of the, the benefit of it was, you know, you would know the area, you would get to know the restaurants, you know, maybe you have some friends around there. You even know the, the specific unit, you know, so it feels kind of like a vacation home that you're going to every year but one that you don't have to maintain the other 51 weeks of the year or pay for. Uh, so it actually kind of, you know, made some sense the way that they did it in the beginning. You know, some people don't like to go to different places all the time. They want, they they have, you know, two weeks of vacation a year and they want to go back to the same place, you know, go to their favorite restaurants, see their favorite places. But I think they either changed it up uh, because sales started slowing where people didn't want to go back to the same place every week or because the demand came where people wanted more flexibility. And my kind of uh, thought, evil thought, is maybe they just purposely decided to complicate things so people, you know, would have an even harder time calculating how much a place is worth. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what's going on. So on paper, I think it, it's the fixed model. It, it makes sense. It's like, you, you know, we all know those people that go to the same place every single year and they want to do the same thing. Or I know people that have gone in on like a family uh, vacation home or whatever, and it's kind of like family drama and, oh, you, you're, you're responsible for this, you're responsible for that, or something, the roof needs to be replaced, whatever it may be. So I could see that this being an option where it's like, I don't have to take care of any of that. I just have to write you a check every year. I own a fractional piece of this and it all sounds great. I, I think the initial thought on this was maybe well-intentioned. And then I think these companies found ways to keep feeing you and getting charges and realizing that, you know, we can lock these people in forever and make sure that they never get out of it. Yeah, 100%. And back then... I mean, 20, 30 years ago, there wasn't Airbnb. There wasn't online booking sites. 
And the hotel room that you would get would be, you know, literally just a hotel room where the benefit of a timeshare was it was normally more of a an apartment style. Yeah, like uh, a kitchen and, and a lot of them have balconies and a little bit like separate bedrooms. Yeah. So you can bring, you know, extended family, you can bring the kids, you can cook, you know, you ended up saving money kind of that way. And actually one of the the, the upsell wards that they kept feeding us during our presentation was don't say hotel room. Call it a villa. Yes, like, they were all called villas. Villa. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, they were all called villas on on the website. <laughs> yeah, and you know the funniest thing is I stayed in a Trump apartment. I guess in uh, Trump, like in um, Las Vegas. This is way back in the day before Trump was ever ever president. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was, you know, it was gonna be so cool staying in a suite because I was like, wow, I'm gonna be staying in a suite. This is amazing. And I go in there. And you walk in, there's a kitchen on the left, there's a living room with a big couch, and then there's a separate bedroom. And I was like, this is just an apartment. <laughs> I would actually rather just have a hotel room. At least a hotel feels like you're on vacation, right? That's Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it literally just felt like I was in someone's apartment in Irvine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I've been looking at investment properties in Vegas and they keep trying to pitch me to buy a Trump Tower. And I'm like, first of all, uh, no matter how you feel about Trump, if you're going to Airbnb a place, you're alienating 50% of people immediately. So why would I ever even consider that? <laughs> um, but I've heard that I've heard it's a nice place. But that's funny that I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah, if you see the kitchen and you see everything set up, you're like, this is someone's apartment. I'm I'm invading in someone's apartment. <laughs> but uh, a hotel is like fun and it's vacation and it, and it feels different. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just um, it's. <sighs> It's something I never understood. Like I, I understand if you're going to be somewhere for a month or two and you want to be able to cook and you don't want to you know, go out to eat every day. But if you're somewhere for a week or less, just go out and have your meals. Yeah, you know, I agree. And just enjoy yourself. Totally. So there's the fixed one. But now that they've evolved, they're called vacation clubs, which sounds awesome, right? I want to be at a vacation club. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad we're doing this episode because I would have potentially been suckered into you know enjoying one of these like vacation clubs. So, so imagine this: like if Ritz Carlton or someone at some high end hotel was like, "Hey, do you want to co-own one of these rooms?" And they're like, "Yeah, that sounds good." You know, yeah. like it's one step away from you know being able to buy a room. At Ritz Carlton, and then be able to like rent it out or something, mm-hmm. and for being way cheaper, but still having this kind of brand behind it, you're like, you know what? This sounds like you know, not, like not a bad idea. You know, it's not a timeshare; it's a it's a vacation holiday vacation club. club. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. You're in you're in the club. You're like exclusive member. So what these do, if you're not familiar, these are similar. I would say that these are the system for cashing in on rooms and experiences is similar to like a credit card point system. It's not one-to-one to a dollar. It's their own system. Everyone has different point value. You can buy a certain subset of points. And the way most of them work is you get an allotment January 1st, every single year, let's say 10,000 points, whatever it may be. Then they have a multitude of resorts that you can pick from, you know, whether whether it's some dumpy two-star place in Tampa, Florida, or it's, you know, the nicest place in, in Paris, France, or whatever it may be. And each one of those has an assigned point value to what they think the level of that experience is. So you technically might be able to get two weeks in, I don't know, Charleston, South Carolina, or you could get 
two days in the nicest place in Tokyo, whatever it may be. That's the thing, though, is you don't ever really get a clear picture on what these points are worth. And if you don't use 100% of the points, if you had 10,000, let's say you used 8,000 on one trip, and then you go like, oh, I have 2,000 left, I could stay somewhere else. But if there's nowhere to stay for those 2,000 points, you're either going to 100% lose those points for the next year, or you get to you pay a fee. <laughs> you could pay a fee and transfer it to the next year. So you you're gonna pay more money for points that you already paid for. <laughs> yeah, I I really believe that all anything with points, you know, that isn't one on one. They do it just to make make things complicated. So you you don't really understand how much you're spending yeah. because it would make it easier for them and everyone else if they just said, you know what, at one point is $1, you get 200 points a year or 700 points a year, whatever it is. And th the point is how much the rooms actually cost on those days. Yeah. And <laughs> but <laughs> they don't do that. Have you ever paid money to buy points like credit card points or whatever it is, Johnny? I think I got sucked into it once because I couldn't use it in time and it was going to expire if it didn't. <laughs> So yeah, every time I see those, like they're like, oh, thirty percent off points if you buy them now. And then I've always done the back math, and they try to hide what it is, and it never works out to be anything better. So I've actually never purchased points with money. I've always just used ones that I had already accrued from my credit card, which are purchases I would have made anyways. So I mean, I'm not dogging the credit card point system. I totally get that. If you play that game right, that's fantastic. But as far as paying money for points and then using those somewhere else, I just I can't wrap my head around it ever making sense. You know. We're going to have to do another one-on-one -on -one episode just on the credit card points hacking because I beg to differ that it's not always fantastic, that there's always going to be a sucker holding the bag. It, they're not doing this as a charity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, definitely not a charity system. Um, the key is pay your credit card off every month for sure. <laughs> yeah. So about the timeshares, do you personally know anyone who has ever bought a timeshare? I don't. And I've always just heard before this, really, I knew generally how, how it works, but I didn't go deeper into the system. And I've always just heard that they're basically a scam. So I, I haven't even took the time to get into it. I've gotten on a phone call with Hilton. Um, I'm like a Hilton gold member and I'm not dogging Hilton at all. I stay at their hotels a lot um, as a paying customer, not as a timeshare customer. And, and I like their hotels and I've had a generally good experience with them, but you'll get them on the phone if you have an issue or something. They'll go, oh, do you want 10,000 bonus points for five minutes of your time? I'm like, Ah, sure, that sounds good. And I found myself getting sent to a timeshare pitch phone call. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, get me off the phone. Like, well, you're not getting your points then. I'm like, that's fine. I don't want anything to do with this. I don't wow. even want to be tempted by a timeshare. But no, I don't I don't know anybody in one. You know, the funny thing, the, the only time I've actually sat through a timeshare presentation, it was in Vegas. I was with my good friend, uh, Sonic, uh, Johnny Ban, and we were both broke college students at the time. I don't even know how they let us... I was going to ask you, how did you get it? let in? Because I've noticed on these advertisements that they have like income restrictions on them. I, we relied on them. You know, we, <laughs> of course. And I think we... I think we pretended we were a couple or something. There's too. probably no way to check it out then either. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, are you sure that you, you, you can afford this? And we're like, yep. And they're like, yeah, but you got to bring your spouse. We're like, oh, actually, he's my spouse. There you go. That's the way around. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat through one because we were too broke to be able to you know, afford to go to a show or even probably hit the buffet. <laughs> the buffet's losing money on you. They, they see yeah. you coming, Johnny. <laughs> and you know, we did a little quick you know, back the envelope math. We're like, okay, it's going to be 90 minutes. And the show tickets, if we bought it, it would be $90. And the buffet would be like you know, 40 or something, 50. So we you know, get 150 bucks, you know, 100 bucks an hour, 
you know, yeah, how bad can it be? It was so ter- terrible. <laughs> Imagine being at the dentist without Anastasia or, and uh, without anesthesia. Hot, <laughs> without the hot nurse Anastasia <laughs> or anesthesia, and then just them just like pulling at your teeth for an hour and a half. He wanted to leave, and I was like, no, like I, you're know, more I don't think I could have did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like we got to sit through this. We ended up getting the show tickets, so it was great. We watched some like I don't know magician show or something that we never would have paid for normally, but it was fantastic. The buffet was amazing, and I think we all got some other, you know, some other perks and stuff. So it ended up being worth it, but we both agreed that we would never sit through it again. So it take me through how this works. It looks like there's maybe like one grand presenter in the beginning, and then they have like a whole team of salespeople that jump on you like one on one. Yeah. So everybody gets a one on one or two on one if you're a couple. They at least for this one, they actually took us there, and I thought it'd be interesting. I was like, oh, it'd be actually cool to go there and take a look around. The problem is. That was kind of short, and they didn't really like let us wander around and, and look too much. They're kind of like, oh yeah, here you go. You know, this is a spot. Now let's go sit down at this table. And our presenter was so terrible at her job <laughs> that just made it hard. I think they were like entertaining and fun. It would have been okay, but she knew that we were not buying anything. Yeah, she's and like, just get this over with. No, she wanted to like punish us. <laughs> <laughs> and like every time my friend would like look down or look at his phone or something, like she would like reset the like, clock here, and like, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was like, yeah, it was like being in school again. It was it was absolutely <laughs> terrible. Don't recommend it. But to answer your the, the other question is, do I know anyone who actually owns one? And I actually do. It's a family member. Oh, all right. Well, wh- where is it? Is it one of these fixed ones where you have to be at the same place every year? Before I dive into it, this would be a nice place to take a break. <laughs> oh, look at you, Johnny. I've taught you well. <laughs> all right, let's, <laughs> let's jump to break. We'll come right back. We'll find out where Johnny's family got suckered into a timeshare. So it's my cousin and I think it's in Hawaii because that's where they go every year on vacation. So when I was in Hawaii a few weeks ago, I was I stayed at the Hilton, funny enough, in Waikiki and next door was the Hilton Grand Vacations Club. And I went to go get a coffee one morning and I walked through the lobby and it was packed. There were so many people at this timeshare place that I feel like got suckered into a cheap Hawaiian vacation. Yeah. And and he's, you know, definitely like in pulp in Paul Spire, so I can see why they bought it. But, you know, strangely enough, in his specific case, it might have been a good a good thing that he bought it. Not a good deal, because I think uh, financially, and we'll get into the, the math for all timeshares or in, in general, but financially probably didn't make sense. But in his specific case, he works so much and never takes vacations. So if it wasn't for this w- one week a year where they have to use it or lose it, he would probably never take a break. So he in just his working, specific yeah. case, yeah, he would work himself to death. So actually, it's probably good that he bought it. So it's basically like you're getting a really expensive vacation, but you're getting a vacation nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, you know, from what I've heard, the rooms are super nice once you're there. You know, and like if... I- you went on your own, you'd probably try to find the best deal mm-hmm. uh, versus if, if you buy one of these things, you probably want to buy the nicest one, right? So like, yeah. it's uh, it's one of those things where it kind of forces you not only to take a vacation every year, but also to stay in a room that is probably bigger and nicer than you normally would stay in. That makes sense. I, I'm kind of the same mindset. It it used to be really hard for me to get to take vacation or I would, when I had an actual like civilian job, whatever vacation I was allotted, I always would find myself at the end of the year going, well, you still have like 
two weeks left and you got to use it or lose it. So I just take like the last two weeks of the year off and then probably not even go anywhere. So I, I understand that mindset. Um, It sucks. And I'm glad I'm not in that kind of situation anymore where I can kind of basically travel wherever I want to and have enjoyed the benefits of traveling. But there are a lot of people, especially in the US that are in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the other kind of benefit is I think of the years where they really just couldn't go. They you know, gave it to another family member as a gift. And, you know, obviously it's a nice gift, right? Because yeah. it, it, it's something that has uh, a lot of value if you use it, but it has zero value if you don't. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you don't feel bad taking the gift. Like, let's say you were, you know, you were a broke family member and you need a vacation, but someone's, you know, your cousin was like, hey, you know, here's 500 bucks, just go have fun. It's kind of an awkward gift to accept the cash and be like, okay, like this guy's going to pay for my vacation. Like, you know, I'm right. not going to take it. But if he says, hey, I got the, you know, I got these, I got this timeshare. And if you, if I, I can't go. And if somebody doesn't use it, we lose it. So like, just go have fun. You don't feel guilty using that week. Yeah, it's kind of like if you get like sports tickets or like concert tickets from someone, you're just kind of like, well, they're not able to go. So I, I wouldn't feel bad and feel obligated like I had to pay for them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, those are the only kind of two benefits I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, of a timeshare. Let's 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 jump into the finances and kind of uh, spoiler alert. It is not a good deal. It's, not, it's definitely not an investment. <laughs> So the thing that I've seen, um, I don't I don't know any specific properties. I, I wish I would have pulled one up, but I've generally seen, and these can be outdated numbers too, anywhere between like for one week a year, let's say a standard fixed timeshare, minimum 10,000. I'd say that's probably even low today too, up to like 20 to 30,000. And that's for one week a year. So you're like, okay, that's not bad, right? But if they're selling out all 52 weeks a year, take that, let's say $20,000 times 52, that's over a million dollars. Would you ever consider that small little condo worth $1 million? Absolutely not. Like, and and even if you just, uh, and that's many dollars a year, right? Yeah. Oh so. yeah, per year. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> no, okay. So actually, here's here's the easier way to break down. In general, let's say on on average is twenty thousand dollars to buy, right? And that's one week a year. You're not going to live more than let's say twenty years, right? Mm-hmm. So let's divide that by twenty. So it's a thousand dollars per week every time you stay. Well, my I, my, I my math can, is terrible. No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, thousand dollars. That's before any maintenance fees or anything like that. Now think of it this way: you and I are pretty good at finding hotel deals. I think yeah. we could find a pretty sweet place for a thousand bucks a week. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, people don't realize this. First, that's opportunity cost because you're putting up this money up front, or you're paying interest on you know taking that money out. Versus, if I had just put that twenty grand into really anything, <laughs> I would yeah. it, it would be worth more twenty years from now. Second, and this is actually the thing that traps <laughs> and screws people the most. It's not the twenty grand up front because I think people would actually forgive that and say, you know what, I got sucked into buying this, but oh well. It's the spiraling debt that you get from the maintenance fees every year, and, and the they're maintenance usually, fees are huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're normally over a thousand dollars a year. So even if you don't go, you're still paying grand a year. Yeah, this guy had this one I watched on YouTube. He had like this little. Okay, he was from like Georgia. I'm not judging, but he had a, kind of a judgy, a dumpy place in Florida that did not look that great. 
And his maintenance fees every year were $1,149 for his one week a year. And they go up too. Yeah, I'm sure it's, yeah. it's tied to inflation or whatever it may be. Or let's say something major happens at the building and then they can use that as an excuse to jack up your rate. So here's the problem is even if you don't go or don't use it, you're, you have this fixed expense for the rest of your life. So this is why so many people try to get rid of their timeshares and there's a very poor secondary market. So if you somehow, like after everything that we've said, still want to buy a timeshare, if you go to one of these meetings and you're like thinking, you know what? Yeah, may maybe I should buy. Maybe I'm that you know one percent that would benefit from this. Save yourself a ton of money. Save yourself that twenty grand and just go in the secondary market. There's tons of people who are willing to sell to you for a fraction of what they paid, or even sell to you for a dollar just to offload that dollar liability. Yeah. So I didn't know that existed. You can sell them on eBay. Just go to eBay mm -hmm. and search timeshare. There's yeah. it's like there's bidding on like really nice units for that there were probably twenty, thirty thousand dollars. You can get for two or three thousand dollars or less, like you said. Yeah. And you're kind of doing them a favor by letting them get out of it. And that should be a, that should be a sign right there too. If you're willing to dump something for 10% of the value that you paid for it, <laughs> that should tell you right there it's a terrible idea. Okay. I'm gonna take a look. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna look at the bids. I'm gonna look at the buy nows, right? Okay. Let's see what I can get. Which usually um, the buy now are a little bit high, and I think you're yeah, going to be surprised how, how low they are anyways. Well, already, there's a bunch for a dollar. Uh, <laughs> a Shawnee timeshare for sale on the be beautiful Poconos Mountains must sell $1 or best offer. <laughs> <laughs> you should write back 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then a lot of these have have points. I don't know what any of these club Wyndham, 160,000 points. I have no idea what that yeah. means. I'm sure I guess if you're in the program, you probably know what it means. And the values are so different, like 200,000 club Wyndham points. And then this one is a Hilton Grand Vacations, 9,000 points. So you don't, you can't, it's kind of like saying pesos versus US dollars. Like one's a million, one's a hundred dollars. I don't know the difference. You'd have to do all this conversion math. Okay. Here's a good one in Hawaii for Dollar and thirty cents. Annalee Bay Resort, one bedroom, even your usage, float weeks, timeshare for sound. All that means, uh, and they you even get a hundred fifty dollar Visa gift card if you buy it. Nice. So, so yeah, for four dollars more, Johnny, I can get you a two bedroom at Hanalei Bay for oh, five dollars wow. and fifty cents. <laughs> this is insane. I mean, ju just the fact that people are selling these things and offering to give you money to take it off their hands just shows you know what the the true value of these these things are yeah that is insane so it's one thing if you have the twenty thousand dollars and you're like you know what i i in johnny's cousin's case i need to take a vacation this is going to force me to take a vacation and you have the money you pay him the twenty thousand dollars okay it is what it is it's your money do what you want to do the problem is a lot of these people don't have the twenty thousand dollars yeah so I looked up interest rates, Johnny. There's a lot of talk about interest rates with mortgages right now. I'm trying to get a mortgage. They're high. You know, we're in six, six, seven percent right now. But standard mortgage rates don't apply to timeshares. Do you know what Hilton Grand Vacations rate is on these mortgages? Oh, God. I mean, it needs to be five percent or less, but I have a feeling it's going to be a lot higher. <laughs> standard APR for Hilton Grand Vacations is 13.9%. That's like a credit card. Their best percentage, if you have excellent credit, you can't get a better rate than 
this is 11.9. That is the bare minimum rate you're going to pay with the Hilton Grand Vacations. Man. And you're right. Is most people who are buying it shouldn't be buying it. I mean, the people that I saw buying it when I when I worked at that place briefly, they were spreading it across two or three credit cards and it's trying to pay it off later. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, what were you what were you thinking? It's like really taking advantage of financially illiterate people. And this is why like millions of people, at least in the US, have been falling for this. I, I'm very curious. Do you think this exists in other countries? I th- I think it does to to an extent, but not not anywhere near as much as the US. Because for one thing, like you said, in your cousin's case, there's a lot of people that work too much. Americans work too much. They don't take vacations. So I, I see this as as appealing for Americans. And we just have the geography for it too. You know, there's there's so many places that you can go to vacation, whereas a lot of the smaller countries, there's maybe one or two places that are really popular vacation spots. And I don't know that they have these giant tower condominiums like we have too. Yeah, that makes sense because it would be like just normal hotel rooms that they would sign out. Yeah. They, they don't, you know. But at the same time, also people that live in Europe, for example, they actually go on vacations anyways. You know, since they're young, like right. it's pretty easy to take a train or a cheap flight somewhere. So it's not like a big deal to take a vacation. While for Americans, really, like it's sometimes every two or four years, you got the planet, you, know, you got to save up for it. And it's, it's a big deal to go. Yeah. And I noticed a lot of these people talking in these YouTube videos I saw, they're all like road trip based vacations too, where it's like within a few hours from where they live. It's not like flying across the country to go somewhere. Like let's say you live in New York and you got a timeshare in LA. It's not that's not the case. It's a lot. A lot of these are more rural, suburban people that are taking road trips within, you know, four hours or less from their home. Yeah. So, you know, you go to the Poconos or you go into, you know, some like ski resort or, some, you know, whatever place. I don't know. I, I don't like these things. I, I feel like they're, they're taking advantage of, of hardworking people. But, you know, things exist. Uh, another episode we could do is about pyramid schemes or multi-level marketing because this kind of feels really similar, but like in, in, a, in a different way. Yeah, it feels dirty. I don't know. I, I couldn't be the, the salesperson. Um, yeah. But one th- one idea I had was like, I should go to these sales presentations and start telling them about Invest Like a Boss. That'd be a good way to grow the podcast. <laughs> ah, just to hand out cards, but like, yeah. hey, don't fall for this. <laughs> this is a yeah. terrible idea. Listen to us instead. <laughs> Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, I think 99 out of 100 people who sit through these presentations know it's a terrible idea and they leave, but it only takes one. Like literally, they can hire a bunch of, you know, broke college students or people who have no job like me for... You know, four dollars an hour, or whatever. They're, I think, I, I literally, I think they were paying me like four dollars an hour, yeah, or whatever. Well, it, it was less yeah. than that. I oh, think, yeah. I think somehow they paid me less. You know, with the promise we'll of making points. thousands of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and like they could have a room of eighty of us pitching this all day, and if only one person per hour buys something, you know, it's fine. Like, yeah, they, look they at the markup. I mean, if if they're making a million dollars a year off one room that's worth market value two hundred thousand at the most, they got plenty of time and space to uh sell yeah and, and it's not just one a one-time twenty thousand dollar profit it's thousands of dollars every year for the rest of their life so wild there's a documentary i don't know if you've ever seen it johnny it's called queen of versailles uh-huh so the owner of westgate resorts is named david uh siegel and mm-hmm. it's about his wife who he married and he's building they're still building it to this day over like 20 years later the biggest house in america it's the ugliest how you should google this johnny Google oh Queen Queen of Versailles House, Florida. It's the tackiest, ugliest house you've ever seen. And that should be one sign that this guy's made so much money off timeshares that 
he's able to build the biggest house in America. Oh my God. You know, I've actually been to Versailles, like the actual, the real one in France, and it's beautiful. It's amazing. So this is like what you would picture an ugly American trying to rip it off. <laughs> I'm going to take a look at the, the photos right now. It's it's terrible, like ugly blue roof. It kind of looks like yeah. you ever seen Excalibur in Vegas, like how outdated and ugly it looks, like with the gross oh, blue yeah. roof, and it's just tacky and bad. <laughs> she has that um, starry night um, inside her tacky living room. Yeah, stuff like this is just out of stupid. Like it's it's a waste of money. But anyways, that's where your money's going is into the largest house in America if you buy a Westgate resort. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about what do you do if you somehow bought one of these and you want to get out of it? Yes. Have you taken a look? I found a few options. There there are the companies, like we said, that are getting sued. There are actual timeshare exit companies. I'm not gonna say that they're all a scam because I think some people have successfully got out of their timeshares with them, but you're going to expect to pay an extra ten to $30,000 just to get out of this timeshare and have them handle it. Let's take a quick break. This week's sponsor is Johnny's Get Out of Your Crappy Timeshare.com. 100,000% money back guarantee to send me 10 grand and you may or may not get out of your timeshare. You know what these timeshare exit companies could do is they could charge the 10, 20 grand, flip it on, like flip it on eBay for a dollar or whatever. And then the rest is pure profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't know how they actually are trying to get people out. I, I I read into the Dave Ramsey story of why he's getting sued. I don't think Dave, I'm a hundred percent sure Dave wasn't like malicious about it saying, Hey, let's promote this like, you know, scammy company. That's not going to do anything. I think what happened was this company was small and was probably actually actively trying trying to get people out of their timeshares by, you know, like having their legal team contact, whatever, and we're trying to sell it, you know, like on eBay or whatever it is to get you out of it. It probably was never worth the 10 grand that you had to pay, mm -hmm. but you know, they were, they were trying to get you out of it. And they got so many customers from Dave Ramsey that they just like started raking in the money and they just didn't have the, the resources or time to even like try and get people out. And at some point they probably were just like, ah, screw it. Like nobody's complaining. So yeah. let's just, let's just keep cashing in the money. And then I think as far as the lawsuit, I don't think Dave's at fault here either. I mean, he's just promoting a product that he thought was a legitimate product and that stuff happens. But Dave's the biggest bag in this case, so you might as well sue him. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to apologize in advance if any of our sponsors, the past sponsors or future sponsors ever end up being, you know, a crappy company that 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 doesn't, you know, work off. Like, you know, may, maybe uh, I don't want to call anyone. Maybe oh, like, I thought you were going to say certain ones. I was like, no, right. I guess it. I guess no. it. We are, you know, we are really picky on investing like a boss with sponsors. I've actually turned down a lot of sponsors, yeah. but that being said, you know, I'm not going to rule out that at some point, you know, there might be some product that doesn't live up to as great as we thought it might be. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to say, but I think we've, I think we've, we've done very well so far on our yeah, sponsors. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we definitely try to vet them as, as much as possible, but you know, at the end of the day, like we're not in control of what, you know, people are putting into the dog food, you know, like it's, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tried that, that no name will be said dog food and the dog liked it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So aside from paying one of these companies, probably way too much money to try to get you out. The other ways to kind of get out is one is to sell it, try to find some sucker on eBay to buy it, maybe even <laughs> offer them a $200 Visa gift card to take it off your hands. Uh, you can give it away to a friend or family member and then have them probably hate you for the rest of your life. <laughs> there is kind of like one little loophole if you act fast. So if, if, if you sign that deal, 
And then you're like, what did I just do? I need to get out of this. There is something called a rescission period in a contract that every state, at least in the US, has to have. Now, this could be as short as three days or it could be as long as 15 days. And you legally have the right to exit that contract. You might be out some type of fees or whatever that they charge you. But if you act within that rescission period, depending on the state that you signed it in, you can 100% get out of your timeshare. But you have to act fast. Yeah. So actually, the chances of someone listening to this and still having that 15-day window is probably pretty small. Mm -hmm. But what you guys can do with this new knowledge that you've learned is if in the future, a friend, family, or coworker ever tells you or brags about you know buying an, a timeshare or most likely will say, hey, I joined uh, you know Hilton's like uh, vacation club or something. This is your chance to forward them this episode and be like, hey, just to let you know, it's a bad investment and you have you have a few days to get out of it if you want to. So take a listen to this before that window dries up. Yeah, I think that's a good point. The chances are we catch anybody that just signed one today <laughs> listening to this is very slim. But if you hear any friends uh, talking about it, you should do that. So like we said, there's the resale market. I think there's actual websites, not just eBay, that will specialize in this like timesharesale.com or whatever. I'm sure that's some website, but there's there's ones that do that. And then also there is a way to just cancel your timeshare. You're not going to get any money for it, you know, you, you, but you, you'll get out of those fees. And the way they do that is it's very complicated to do that as well. And you have to do it old school. You have to do it like paper. So you have, you have to type up an actual letter it's called a timeshare cancellation letter. You can go online and just find like a template for it where you can just put in your address and all your credentials and everything. You need to make it very clear and concise. Like don't don't write like a 10-page letter about how much you hate the timeshare and how much you hate the company and, and things like that. Just make it a simple one-page letter saying something like, I'm writing to request immediate cancellation of my timeshare contract. This is my formal request, blah, blah, blah. Put all the pertinent information of your timeshare. Uh, there's usually some kind of serial number or member number, the address, things of that nature. You need to put those in bold points because whoever's reading this letter, you need to make it think of like sending it to like a third grader. Like they need to be able to read this letter and you need to send it certified mail. So in, you need to have proof that they actually received the letter because a lot of times people send this letter in and the company says, well, we never received the letter. So we, we're not going to do anything about that. And it's also important too that you note in the letter and save a copy for yourself so you know what you sent them that they must respond to you within 30 days with a certified letter themselves as well that says that you can cancel your contract because you legally can cancel your contract. But like I said, you're not going to get any money for it. Yeah, this is probably what that $10,000 exit company is supposed to be doing. So congrats, guys. We just saved you $9,950. Bu <laughs> All you had to do is type up a Word document and sign it. <laughs> yeah. And if you want us to do it for you, uh, Derek would do, do it for you for a thousand bucks. I need a new side hustle. Let's do it. <laughs> Check out Derek's get out of your crappy timeshare.com. Use coupon code Derek. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one other option that I definitely would not suggest. And that's just walking away from your timeshare saying, you know what? I'm not going to pay these fees anymore. This is stupid. I signed up for this. I never wanted it in the first place. Because if you do that, first of all, they're going to send collection services after you to collect those maintenance and association fees, whatever they may be. And then once they finally realize that you're not going to pay it at all, maybe a year or two or whatever it is, then they're going to do an official foreclosure notice. And that will affect your credit for at least seven years. And you're going to have a foreclosure on your credit report. And you're, good luck ever getting an actual mortgage if you're buying a home or anything like that. Yeah. So it could be a nightmare. I, I hope none of you listening has bought time, sure. But chances are, you know someone who has. 
So if they're unhappy with it, if they're not, you know, in my cousin's position where he has plenty of money, where I don't think that thousand dollars a year or whatever he's paying is hurting his his paycheck, and somehow he's probably like the probably one out of. 10,000 people who's actually getting some benefit out of it. Yeah, I'd love to hear stories of someone who's like hacked this, kind of like the credit card point system that's found that they've gotten like amazing vacations for $1,000 a year. But I think those are very few and far between. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean... Technically, if you went on eBay and you bought up a ton of points from different places and you know what the actual value is, you know how to trade it, and you spend, you know, hours of your time, you know, planning these things out, yeah, maybe you can end up making it somehow work financially for you, but it's definitely a, a game uh, that I wouldn't want to play. And if you're buying it for retail, I, I would almost guarantee you're not gonna make money from this. You're you're definitely losing out. Yeah. So good episode, Johnny. It's just as much fun for me to talk about bad investments as it is good ones. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think it's important. Sometimes, you know, people kind of need to know this stuff. Uh, things that we kind of assumed that everybody picked up somewhere else. But you know, we, we've had a lot of experience between Yumi and Sam and, you know, the guests we bring on, the uh, all the episodes we've done, everything we've read, that we can kind of help people out on these one-on-one episodes. So if there's any other topics uh, that you think we should be covering, let us know. You know, you can let us know on a five-star review somewhere. You can let us know on the Boss Lounge, the Patreon, send Derek a message, whatever it is. Uh, we'd be happy to do it. Speaking of reviews, they've kind of slowed down a little bit, you guys. I mean, we're not charging what? anything for the podcast, so I would appreciate a review. Um, we've noticed a lot of new people on Spotify. You can't leave an actual like written review on Spotify, but if you could just leave five stars, that definitely helps a ton. And if you're still listening on Apple Podcasts, you can still leave a cool review. I just had one like a week or two. I should actually read that while we're here. We haven't done that in a long time, Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Pull it up. All right. Muhammad Kalaf says, A wealth of knowledge is shared in a very genuine and honest way. The content gives you a broad view on many diversified ways of investing you might not be aware of. An eye-opener, to say the least. But also, they do it in a very fun and engaging way. I love the recommendations, part of it as well. Really appreciate the effort behind it. Very highly recommended. Thank you, Muhammad. I appreciate that. We need more reviews like that. That's awesome. Thank you, Muhammad. Thank you so much. And if you don't want to take the time to write something like that, just share this episode with a friend. I think, it, honestly, I think like episodes, especially like this, can help people. So share on Twitter, share on Facebook, on Instagram, in a story, however you want to do it. That makes our day and makes us want to spend our uh, early mornings and evenings on opposite sides of the world recording these hour-long podcasts for you. And one more way you can engage with the podcast. It does cost a little bit starts at $5 a month. Patreon, but I think it's well worth it. We've put a lot of good stuff in there. We got some like insider research that we don't want to share with the general public that you will have access to in Patreon. And you'll obviously get all our quarterly episodes, which are very popular. Johnny puts his whole bank account on there. I think one time he even left the account number in there too. He doesn't care. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I try to blur it out, but yeah, sometimes I forget. And actually in there, we're, do- we're doing more meetups for not only this year, but actually... We have one already planned for 2024. That way people have plenty of time to be able to go. And actually, this one's going to be a slightly longer meetup. It's going to be kind of like a co... Not, not a co-living meetup, but it's going to be a bit longer. And we're going to have some, a bit more time to hang out and travel together. So take a look. It's for patrons only. And hopefully, we'll we'll have a little bit more information uh, in that by the time you listen to this. Well, you know what? Uh, we will, actually. Yeah, let, let's record a, a patron-only episode uh, in there. Let's do that. And those Patreon-only episodes are video, so some people prefer to watch video. If you're curious what our uh, places look like at the time we're recording, you can find all that in Patreon. And 
That's the only place you can get it. So check it out. It's investlikeaboss.com. Click become a Patreon. All right. See you guys in the Patreon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.